but we're really focused on getting involved in development. I've talked about how we're developing this community solar project, which is actually groundbreaking because we're actually doing it on affordable housing. Hello and welcome to the Solar Maverick Podcast, where solar meets entrepreneurship and experience. I'm your host, Benoit Thanjan. And I'm your co-host, Lee Wang. Let's get into it. Well, Happy New Year. Yeah, it feels great to be here. 2018 was you know, really good, I thought. so. Definitely, it was um, a great year. You know, the only bad thing was the uh, Eagles losing <laughs> in 2019. <laughs> but, you know, like I said before... We're spoiled. We won the Super Bowl. So, you know, we're still football fans. I'll still watch the remaining games in the, in the Super Bowl, of course. So we'll be back next year, right, Benoit? Yeah, definitely. I'm excited about the New York Giants and uh, Saquon Barkley and hopefully the future. And, you know, hopefully we could get out of this rut that we've been in the past few years. So so you're still a little jet lag, right? Yes. I just got back from Asia last a week ago, actually. So tell our listeners here where you were. Definitely. So I was actually the past three weeks in Southeast Asia, in Vietnam, Thailand, and Philippines, looking at solar projects and meeting with developers regarding their projects. And we have um, U.S. private equity firms that are potentially interested in investing in these projects. And basically, we're building relationships with the developers. We're also trying to act as an owner's rep with creating financial and technical feasibility reports if they're looking for financing for their projects. So it was an amazing trip. You know, made a lot of new relationships, and it flew by. And, and now you know, I'm still kind of jet-lagged because it's about 12 to 13 hours right. ahead. And then I was sick actually leaving the trip, and then... Coming from 85 degree weather to then 25 degrees, yeah, I, I got sick again. So I apologize if my voice is a little bit muffled, but it's actually a lot better than what it was before. So Benoit, one thing that I'm really curious about, and I'm sure some of the listeners out there are also, is how you cultivated or established relationships in Asia at the very beginning. What were some of your methods and was that through past jobs and Talk a little bit about how you even just got your feet wet there. Sure. So Renew Energy, we, we predominantly focus, most of our business is in the U.S., but we have been focusing on Asia, uh, particularly, um, you know, I was born in the U.S., but I'm, my parents are from India originally. So a lot of solar opportunities from India and actually other renewable, people would reach out to us. And then what ended up happening was I was focusing on Southeast Asia people would refer us opportunities that they know of. And then, you know, I attended some conferences as well in Southeast Asia, specifically in Philippines and Thailand. So from there, I was able to build more relationships. And surprisingly, it's actually a very small world. We partner with the engineering EPC company in India that's done a lot in Asia. So they also provide us with some leads for opportunities. Other companies know that we are looking at Southeast Asia so that when someone reaches out to them, they reach out to us also through our website as well. You know, we talk about how we do work in Asia and on LinkedIn, surprisingly, people will message us. And we're also, as well, starting to look into South America. You know, we have had a previous podcast 
where, uh, you know, I was actually in a conference in Argentina and Colombia in 2018. Wow. So over time, it's just really kind of cultivating yeah. and people making introductions and then people wanting to meet you in person. You can have as many Skype calls and things, but really people want to actually meet you face to face. You know, they want to spend time with yeah. you. They want to build a relationship. So that means karaoke, <laughs> breakfast, lunch, or dinner. And then they also obviously want to make sure that you understand what you're doing. They want to talk to you about your expertise and your perspective. A lot of these countries, solar and renewable energy is relatively new. So they're really looking for U.S. expertise. So that's kind of a long-winded answer of how I built those relationships. Yeah, so and I've been going actually for the past three or four years. So it's been takes time to right. to build uh, these relationships. And, yeah. and how surprisingly, did, people know who I am just because of... Who you are. Who, who <laughs> I am, yes. <laughs> your loud voice, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so how do you manage your business when you do... How do you balance that? You're, you're away, you're pretty focused on meeting new people, and how do you balance travel with maintaining what you have to do every day and day out with your existing clients? That makes it difficult. I mean, yeah. because in Southeast Asia and Asia, it's 12 hours ahead. So business hours in the U.S. is actually like 9 p.m. to 5 a.m. in Asia. What I have to say is like I tend to travel during times where it's not as busy here. Like, for example, during Christmas and New Year's, like, for example, in Vietnam, they don't really celebrate Christmas. Businesses are still running. We're in the U.S. things pretty much shut down, tend to like in the summer months, like August. And then it's really my team as well. I try to delegate as much as possible. But it is difficult because like during the day, I'm in meetings all day. And then usually during the night, I will be on calls and I will be doing work. So usually I'm really excited to get back home just because I'm able to get a normal sort of sleep schedule than being awoken at night and answering calls and deadlines and things like that. So it's definitely not easy. And I'm like, you know, sleeping whenever I can. Yeah. You mentioned half jokingly about karaoke. Yes. And obviously that's, you take voice lessons, you play guitar, you've kind of made it a priority to up your voice game. Sure. You know, what do you think about that? How important is it for someone like you and you know an outsider to go into another culture and, and really fit in and, and doing little extra things to have people embrace you as a person yeah I mean I think people who know me know I love music and, and dancing so like this is just a continuation of my personality but specifically I found like in Asia they really do enjoy karaoke and uh, I enjoy it as well. I'm just not the best singer out there. So I'm working with what I have to kind of approve it and then actually choose songs that fit my vocal range as well. And I think it's a great bonding experience. You know, it's interesting, like business in the U.S. and Asia are totally different. And even South America, they first want to really get to know you before there's any discussion about business. So we're in the U.S., I feel like, it's very upfront and here, this is what we could offer you. This is the value. And But in other countries, it's first about building a relationship before you ever speak about business. And part of that is karaoke specifically right. in Asia. So that's really important. And talk a little bit about differences in business culture there. Like you started getting into it. So what are some ways that you 
find it easier to secure deals after you've gotten to know them in Asia? Are there any specifics that you recommend to people as far as, um, you know, when to approach people, how to approach people? Is there differences in the way you present in meetings and stuff like that? Are there there anything that you can give to our listeners there? I mean, it's still pretty much the same. Mm -hmm. I think the challenging thing is, like, especially in Vietnam, their native language might not be English. So, you know, we're working with a translator, and that kind of changes everything because it's hard to get that sort of direct communication. But everything, the way we approach a client, it's really, you know, showing the value that we could add, being honest and transparent and building that relationship with them and and then seeing where we could help out. It's all still the same thing. And people are people at the end of the day, you know, they prefer to work with people that they like and trust. And really, when we're meeting face to face, we're really trying to show them that we're the party that they want to work with. And that we could add the value that they need to get something done. Tell us a little bit about the solar industry in Vietnam now. And what what is uh, the state of it? What are some of the best opportunities there? Sure. So the government actually has like a a feed-in tariff program. It's actually with EVN, which is like the utility transmission distribution company. And it's basically a power purchase agreement where they will purchase utility-scale projects at 9.3 cents U.S. dollar denominated with no inflation factor for 20 years. I think that's a great opportunity. I think a lot of financing parties are definitely interested in moving forward because it hits like the hurdle rates. For our investors, basically, they're requiring like an internal rate of return or a project IRR over 20 years of above 12% unlevered. So, you know, that definitely with bill cost around 70 cents to 80 cents per watt makes sense. The projects have to be in service by June 30th of 2019. So there's a lot of pressure to get these projects financed. Some of the projects that don't have the PPA, they're waiting to hear back from the government on what the new rate's going to be. It's probably going to be lower because the cost of solar has gone down. And people are predicting like it's going to be between seven to eight cents. And hopefully in the next two or three months, we're going to get more details about that. But really right now, there hasn't been a lot of solar built. The southern part of Vietnam is the most ideal because you get the most sunlight. And then obviously land that you can't use for agricultural purposes are like ideal and and flat and that it's easy to basically build a project. So it's still in its infancy. Right. In Vietnam, there's also an opportunity, which I think is actually a better opportunity, is doing what I call bilateral power purchase agreements, where you basically install solar in a plant or a manufacturing facility on their roof for available land, and then you offer discounted electricity through a power purchase agreement, and then you could actually do it with a credit rated offtake, because right now, the challenge with the Vietnam PPA or the PPA with EVN, which is the utility, is it's not investment grade. So, right. you know, some investors are hesitant to invest, but it's U.S. dollar denominated, which when we talked about Colombia and their feed-in tariff or tender, that was going to be in Colombian pesos. So you then would have to hedge it to the U.S. dollar, which is a huge cost. Yeah. So it sounds like in this particular trip, you're still doing a lot of, there's a lot of risk involved, right? Oh, there's, there's definitely yeah, yeah. a lot of risk involved. Right. And it's still very early, too. A lot of projects haven't been built. You know, I think two companies have built recently or in the process of building solar panel manufacturing facilities, Bovet Solar 
and I forget the name of the other company. I think it could be Jinko, but I could be wrong. Jinko yeah. Solar. Well, switching gears a little bit now, we sure. we we watched last week in our meeting. Um, Bernie Sanders posted a video, which Benoit posted on his Facebook page, about some of the big developments in solar energy over the last year. In your opinion, looking back at 2018, what stood out in the solar industry for you? Sure. So Lee's referring to actually a video. It's called The Year's Project. And it basically talked about 10 different initiatives that different countries are doing and companies that are basically um, building the sustainability movement and how 2018 was basically a huge year. So uh, one of the kind of many things that I think was great about this past year, I guess the year in review, was the 100% renewable goals that states had. We talked about California has a goal of 100% renewables by 2045. Hawaii as well actually has goals of 100% renewables as well. What Um, does that mean, 100%, when you say that term? What what does that actually define as? Every different state or company is going to define it differently because obviously, you know, you also had major companies like Facebook, Google, Apple said that they're basically moving to 100% renewables and it's basically... It could be done by a lot of different ways. So by procuring energy through renewable energy projects, by buying renewable energy credits, which are called RECs, which represent one megawatt hour of electricity, and then basically qualifying those RECs for any generation that's non-renewable. It's also having on-site solar, wind, or, or whatever renewable resource. So Every sort of organization defines it differently, but that's like high level, you know, the ways that you would get to. And we actually talk about this in a previous episode where we talk about how companies get to 100% renewable energy. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure everyone understood the context you're speaking with. Definitely. Yeah. So what are other major developments of the past year? Sure. One of the other things, too, that we talked about actually is like the growth of corporate PPAs. So we mentioned earlier how companies have goals of 100% renewables, and they've been basically buying energy. First, they'll try to develop on-site renewable energy resources, usually it's solar energy, but also they're developing it on-site. And a company called Business Renewable Center basically keeps track of like the corporate renewable energy deals. And basically in 2018, 6.43 gigawatts of solar and wind were done through these corporate renewable energy deals. And to give you an idea, 2017 was 2.78. So it more than doubled, which is huge. You know, companies are embracing renewables, buying it offsite. You know, we're slowly seeing smaller companies getting involved. Utilities, which we've talked about in the past, are creating green tariff programs to make their corporate customers happy that they could purchase renewable energy. So I think that's another big thing that we saw in 2018. What about you personally as a business owner? What were some highlights and lowlights or ups and downs (laughs) you may have had or lessons learned in 2018? Sure. So one of the things that we've been focusing on is community solar. And we haven't actually talked much about it, but basically it gives the opportunity of, if you're in a utility service area, to purchase power from a solar facility. And basically it's through virtual net metering. 
There's not an actual exchange of electricity. It's basically a credit that you get that's a discount to your current cost of electricity. And we're finding that community solar is one of the fastest growing segments in solar in the U.S. So Minnesota is a big state with community solar, Colorado, Massachusetts, New York as well has a burgeoning community solar program. And even New Jersey as well has announced a pilot for 2019 to 2021. And we actually won a community solar project that we're currently developing with uh, NYCHA, which is the New York Housing Authority. And we're basically developing 750 kilowatts of community solar in Brooklyn and Manhattan Mm -hmm. for them. And our partners is a company called Kinetic Energy and Elucid uh, Training. So that we think is a huge opportunity is community solar. And it's one of the fastest growing areas. And we're actually actively looking for sites to develop community solar in specifically in New Jersey for the new pilot in, in New York. And then another thing too as well, actually, which is another big trend that we're seeing is solar plus storage. So I know Lee's heard me talk about this so many times. It's important. (laughs) But, uh, you know, the cost of lithium-ion batteries have gone down. This is actually a very important, it helped my understanding of the solar market a lot and just energy in general and where we're headed. So I don't mind you kind of reiterating the stress of storage. Sure. And, um, you know, what's been amazing about storage is We've seen the cost of lithium-ion technology going down substantially. I think that's more due to economies of scale. For example, Tesla's gigafactories are using lithium-ion technology. States are mandating energy storage. So, like, for example, Massachusetts has a smart program, and there's, like, an adder for solar plus storage. New Jersey set aggressive 2-gigawatt storage target by 2020. New York recently also as well put in new legislation to incentivize energy storage, as well as California has like this S-chip program. What's been happening is so much solar and wind has come online that we could go into this whole conversation, which we went into before, about the duck curve. We're actually seeing prices go up later in the day. And that's where you'll need storage to basically store the electricity and smooth out sort of the ebbs and flow of energy. So, you know, those two things, community solar and energy storage, we're focused as a business is looking at it. But it was also um, a major thing that we saw in 2018 that's going to be continuing to 2019. And the great thing about community solar is it allows people who can't get solar due to, let's say, their house has shading issues, or the roof is not good, or they don't have the capital expenditures, or if they live in an apartment, or if they're low and moderate income housing, that they're able to now purchase solar. And a lot of governors and state legislators like that it gives uh, an opportunity for everyone to have solar with community solar. Wow. So within this, we've learned time and time again that California has been leading the way and talk a little bit about the recent developments there and what your projections are and whether the government goals are, are going to be able to be achieved based on what you've observed in doing business over there. It's an interesting time uh, because Governor Brown earlier last year basically had the goal of 100% renewables by 2045. There's now a new governor and now he's working on legislation to meet those goals. So Right now, like I say, it's to be determined whether they could actually have the policies 
to basically reach those aggressive goals. But what we've known with California is they've always been aggressive. And one other point that you wanted me to speak about too, now California is actually requiring for all new construction that there has to be solar on it. So California has always been like ahead of the curve and trying to create programs to incentivize it. So I think it's pretty aggressive, 100% by 2045. I think as I see like the legislation and what they decide to do later on this year, I probably could give a better idea of whether I think the legislation will actually help incentivize the development that needs to happen to reach those goals. Yeah, but part of being aggressive, I'm going to guess, is even though they don't reach their complete fulfillment of the goals, that they'll have gained a lot just by setting that target. And it's all about setting high goals. We talked about this in just in our own lives and in entrepreneurship. You know, everyone sets too low goals, and we should all come up with higher goals. And I know I'm trying to push myself to do bigger and better things, and maybe it might sound unrealistic, but to try to come up with a plan and achieve it, and you never know, you might accomplish it, but you could be at a lot higher place than if you didn't have those goals in place. Speaking of that, looking ahead to 2019, sure. what are some targets you have for Renew Energy? What would you like to see happen with the company? And uh, are there any areas or places that you want to do more business in? Sure. So we, we talked about you know how we're, we're moving to international markets in Asia and South America. So if you have project opportunities and you're looking for potential financing, even U.S. project opportunities, feel free to reach us at info at Renew, R-E-N-E-U, Energy. But we're really focused on getting involved in development. I've talked about how we're developing this community solar project, which is actually groundbreaking because we're actually doing it on affordable housing. And then the offtake part of it will be low-income customers and trying to figure out the backstop and the complicated incentives and then finding a company to manage the offtake and then acquire customers and the complexity of the EPC for smaller buildings and then the roof work that's required. So we're really focused on developing in the Northeast, Mid-Atlantic, California. So we're really talking to commercial industrial building owners, landowners. You know, we have certain targets as far as megawatts that I don't want to actually make public. What we're trying to do, but internally we have goals and we also have financial goals as well with revenue as well that we're hoping to accomplish. And I'm really excited about it because I think 2019 is actually going to be a great year for solar. The ITC, which is the investment tax credit, is actually stepping down from 30% to 26%. So we think that there's going to be a lot more development. A lot of states are potentially going to have newer incentives. You know, Massachusetts just released results of the smart auction. New Jersey's working through a transition of their ESHREC program and a new program. Illinois has a new REC program that the results are going to come out pretty shortly. There's a lot of projects in the pipeline in all the major U.S. markets. So it's a pretty exciting time right now in solar, and we think that it's going to be pretty big for the next few years, which is pretty exciting. There was actually an article from PV Magazine saying, I forget, like there's 135 megawatts, I think, in the queue. 139, sorry, gigawatts, I apologize. AC of large-scale solar projects in the territory of six grid operators, which is five times more that's what's online in the U.S. So wow. it looks like 2019 is going to be an exciting year, and we, we want to be a part of it. 
Yeah, so that sounds like an amazing, bright future ahead for the company. What are some personal Benoit tangent goals uh, you, you may have for yourself? Sure. So I think um, the podcast has actually been amazing. We've had 11 episodes come out. This episode's probably going to come out in the third week of February, but it's one of the most popular solar podcasts on iTunes, which is amazing after 11 episodes. So we really appreciate Yeah, we want to thank everyone out there who's listening and supporting us. Thank you. Yeah, and all those people who gave us five-star reviews and providing feedback on how to improve yeah, the podcast. Yeah, I, I want to reiterate there that feedback is really important to us. We, we really want to hear more from you about what topics you want us to cover, what we can do better, if there's something we talk too much about. Just we're an open forum here. We're, we'd love to hear from you. And you know what's been amazing to me is the international audience that we have had in just 11 episodes. You know, most of the listeners are from the U.S., but we have Canada, Mexico, we have South America, we have Europe, we have Asia. You know, obviously we have a lot of listeners in Vietnam and Philippines. We also have Australia and New Zealand and Africa. I mentioned Africa already. So thank you to our international listeners and everyone for listening to the podcast. And as Lee said, you know, we're this is only 11 episodes into it, at least that we've released. And we're trying to get better and any suggestions as well. Are yeah, welcome. and we, we have a target list for who we want as guests on the show. And I know the guest episodes have also done really well for us. Um, so if there's anyone you'd love to see on the show, please send, or if you'd like to be on the show, if you're a solar player out there and you, you want to come join and <laughs> chop it up with us, then uh, we'd love to hear from you. We're right now at a stage, we, we want to develop really great relationships. So if you think that you have something to offer about solar energy, the solar industry, entrepreneurship. These are all topics we cover. We'd love to hear from you and consider you. Yeah, and also if you're interested in sponsoring the podcast as well, definitely reach out to us. And if you're interested in reaching out to us to be a guest, I mean, since the podcast has come out, we've been actually receiving a lot of guest requests. Probably the best way to reach us is info, I-N-F-O, at R-E-N-E-U. We're creating actually more of a presence for this podcast on Benoit's website, which is renewenergy.com, R-E-N-E-U, energy.com. So stay tuned there. Visit the website. You can always contact us there, and we're going to be getting the podcast player up there and a bunch of new features. And as always, Benoit does a great job of keeping up with his blog entry, so you can always figure out what's going on new with the company and Benoit. We're also coming up with marketing the podcast. So I think we're going to do a better job this year. You know, we really wanted to get something out there for our listeners to listen to instead of just talking about it. So, you know, I think people now hear the product and we've gotten great reviews on it. So you're going to see a lot more marketing for the podcast. I mean, as a goal for me is just to continually improve, to get better, uh, to drop some weight that I gained from all the traveling the past year. I know Lee hears about my food diet and workout schedule. That's a different podcast. (laughs) Yeah, that's a different (laughs) podcast. And maybe we'll be coming out video and eventually to, you know, working on a book. And we've been talking to as well. There's been TV opportunities as well, but we haven't moved forward with that. And as a side note, every time I see Benoit, he's always rocking (laughs) an incredible piece of Renew Energy co-branded gear. Right now he's wearing a... Once we have video, this will come into play, but he's wearing a fleece vest made by Columbia, who famous outdoor jacket manufacturer. 
and with the Renew Energy logo. Benoit, are you ever going to make this merchandise available to the widespread consumer? Because it's, it's pretty nice. You have a, a vest, you have sweatshirts. You know, is this something that you wanted to do? It's interesting because a lot of people have asked us about buying the book bags, the solar yeah. backpacks with our logo, and then the Renew Energy. We have like golf polos yeah. that are Under Armour that say Renew Energy. Yeah. And I'm still thinking about that. I haven't figured out whether we should actually be selling that. I mean, we give it away to our clients, but I haven't thought about whether. But surprisingly, a lot of people have asked about that. All right. So there you have it. Another episode of the Solar Maverick. Welcome 2019. Yeah, Lee, what are your goals for 2019? Lee's, by the way, the founder of MJ Wang Media. He's the director of marketing. Yeah, you know what? And he's my PR person as well. He keeps me in check. I have a lot of goals, but maybe too many, but but that's good. <laughs> good to have. But A, I've been reading a lot, and that's one of my habits. I, I've really made a difference in my life. It's just taking time. Uh, Benoit and I both uh, prioritize. We wake up early. We, we'll be texting emails sometimes pretty early. And using that time and getting ahead and, and improving yourself by reading, well, that's my favorite format because it's kind of uh, very quiet and it requires deep concentration to read properly and absorb. So I've been reading a lot in the mornings, kind of in the the dawn. So it's quiet and I absorb a lot. That's been a huge help for me. But what I actually, one of my biggest goals is I just had a seminar yesterday teaching small business owners how to use Squarespace to develop their own website. And that's just one piece of the puzzle where I want to help business owners really take control of their digital properties and learn how to do these skills so they can update their website, start a Facebook campaign, and just there's so many great resources and tools out there with a little bit of help. I feel like a lot of business owners can realize that without much effort or outsourcing it, they can really improve their marketing. Definitely. And I think Lee adds a lot of value. I mean, it's just amazing to kind of see when Lee and I started work, first working together five and a half, six years ago. And it's amazing how big the presence has gotten with Lee and his advice on marketing and branding. And then also now helping me with my personal yeah. brand. I think that's a goal for yeah. me in 2019 to build the personal brand and incorporating Squarespace, the podcast, and you know putting out information and material. For those who don't know, Squarespace is a web design platform that's really far ahead as far as the visual design. And I think that's key. And I think branding your overall presentation is something you really should concentrate on. But one little bit of advice too, even though you can do a bunch of stuff, is I recommend that you pick the mediums that you enjoy that are good at. For example, if you're you're great at one particular social media outlet, such as Instagram, or if you're great at blogging, if you're great on video, we actually decided Benoit would be good with his voice and speaking, so we chose podcasts to focus on. But I'd rather see you do you know, one or a few things very well than spread yourself too thin and try to do everything because that's very difficult for a small and medium-sized business. Definitely, because you're obviously resource-constrained and financially constrained, so you can't have everything. And then obviously everyone's focused on sales, so to make sure to be involved in all these different channels. That's definitely a great point, Lee. And by the way, Lee, I'm impressed with the reading aspect of it. I think five or six years ago I started really reading a lot, and you know, I give Lee book recommendations. Yeah, we like to share. Then he'll talk about it, and then I'm like, wow, like you're actually kind of taking into it, which is great because I feel like part of life, is improvement and improving on yourself. And that's really what you can control. Yeah. And Lee is very open to suggestions and me as well. Yeah, once you trust someone, you mentorship. Kind of, yeah. yeah, definitely. Because Benoit and I bond on a lot of common things. And 
we share a lot of similarities in our, our way of thinking, our attitude towards life. We were just talking about how, how we both prioritize health and wellness and, and how that sets the tone for everything else. But one thing that I am working on myself is just becoming quite simply a better listener. I mean, I think that's just key to all of your oh, relationships and, and really listening, not just sort of nodding your head and agreeing or, or half listening, but really paying attention to what the other person is saying and also just staying, you know, it's a cliche now, but staying in the moment and really focusing then you, everyone's mind can easily wander to the next thing. But one thing at a time, do it well, listen. And these seem like very basic things, but to apply them properly is another thing, I think. is, is Definitely. I think listening is a huge quality. I think everyone's responding, not really listening to the other person. And I think, you know, as a business owner and anything, we're all selling, you really have to figure out what value you could add to your yeah. client. If you're not truly listening and asking good questions then how can you really yeah. add the value that they need, the unique solutions, especially what Lee's trying to do, even what I'm trying to do. It's not a basic, you're not selling a widget. Yeah, and actually so one of the- consultative sale. Yeah, one of the principles that I like about what you said about your trip to Asia, I think that's important. I think American business people can do a little bit more of that is getting to know the person as an individual first, or at least you know that's a good indicator of how well you'll do business together. So maybe I can impart- some of the, your lessons from that in your trip to Vietnam. And it, it's, it's like going with good intentions. I, I just uh, hosted a workshop and my, it was, I think I did it through my co-working space, Indie Grove, and it was very low cost admission. Basically, I didn't make any money from it, but I, I was able to gather so much insight on who my you know ideal client is just by listening to the feedback from the seminar and what these individuals had as far as their needs in business, what their struggles are invaluable insight. Uh, and, and that's by listening and, and taking the opportunity to take a temperature gauge of the market out there. You know, I've been going internationally for the past four years, specifically in Asia. Last year in South America, we actually helped one of the biggest PV solar panel manufacturers in India with their strategy. In the US, I was actually in India for a week last year. Sorry, 2017. Wow, time flies by. But one thing that I learned you know, is like business is done completely different. And, you know, you're going to these countries and you're outside of your comfort zone. So really, like, I have to adapt the way I do things and then learn and and listen. Yeah. And, and I'm putting myself in an uncomfortable situation. But really, I've learned so much from that international business experience and bringing it to the U.S. and taking it to the things that we've learned and the relationships that I've been able to build. And yeah. surprisingly, some of these relationships internationally have brought me opportunities in the U.S. So yeah. you never know where any of these opportunities are going to lead. Yes, definitely the international opportunities are definitely harder to close compared to like things in the U.S., especially here in our backyard. But I've grown so much yeah. from these experiences. So. I'll leave on this note and just talking about back to that principle of getting to know the individual before doing business with them, even if it's just a little bit matters a lot. Uh, I'll give you a concrete example. This wonderful guy who I hired to manage my Google AdWords or Google advertising accounts, his name's Corey, Corey Kohler. Kohler. Kohler yeah. yeah, I've mentioned him before, but I interviewed a lot of great people, but Corey, you know, is a father. He's a football fan. We bonded on a lot of life things, and it and it has that bond has made 
our business execution much better. I feel like it's because we're in sync as people that we can deliver what we need to on clients better because we're already on the same page in a lot of other things in life. Um, so by the time we get down to determining your ad budget and which keywords we're already hand in hand. Definitely. I think that's huge. I mean, if I don't feel like I'm in sync with the potential client or even client, like we'll turn down those opportunities. Because I think there's, a, there's another episode in the future. And yeah. this is something I learned. We can start talking about about taking about an hour to talk about yeah, what is the power of saying no to things too. Yes. We should because have because that, that that sometimes is hard to do when you're starting off your business, but like learning to say no to the wrong opportunities will gain you more time and gain you more business over time. Definitely that's huge. That's a great suggestion for another podcast that we'll 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 work on. Thanks again. 2019 is going to be great. Tune in for the next episode and we're happy to have you. Yes, thank you guys. We appreciate your support Mavericks. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. If this content is delivering value to you, please go to iTunes and Stitcher Radio and leave us a five-star review. That helps us build this community, and that's what we're all about right now, building this community as big as we can to deliver as much value as we can.